Welcome to day 125 of the story that changes everything. Our readings for today are 1 Chronicles chapters 28 and 29. Here are some thoughts to guide your reading for today. Chapter 28 hands the baton of kingship and the building of the temple from David to Solomon. As kind as the chronicler has been to the history of David, the narrator is even more glowing about the life and reign of Solomon. This is likely because in Solomon, the two primary concerns of the chronicler, the kingship of Judah and the temple, come together. Royal succession in the ancient Near East was rarely a simple matter. Often, the firstborn would be the target of assassination and other attempts to disrupt the dynasty. Also, in the case of rebellion, if the king was overthrown, all his surviving sons would be killed as well to prevent the now-defeated dynasty from reasserting itself. The Deuterohistorian in the Book of Kings did not shy away from dealing with the messiness of the succession of rulers. The narrator of 1 Kings recounts not only the death of Solomon's three older brothers, but also rehearses the behind-the-scenes court intrigue surrounding Nathan the prophet and Bathsheba Solomon's mother as they convinced David that Solomon was the right heir to the throne. None of those details show up in Chronicles. The transition from David to Solomon is told as a smooth and bloodless one. Amnon, Absalom, and Adonijah are mentioned in the genealogical record of Chronicles, but their deaths that open the door for Solomon to become king are left out. For the narrator of Chronicles, it was obvious to David and to all the people that God had chosen Solomon not only to succeed his father, but to complete the dream project of constructing the temple. In the last chapter of the book, chapter 29, we find the people dedicating themselves again to God and to God's purposes. The theme of rededication is found frequently in the Old Testament, and it often comes in the form of giving or donating to God. After David gives the summary of all that he has done and all that he has given, he then issues the challenge to the people, who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? The response is immediate and overwhelming. The chronicler reports vast sums that come in for the building of the temple. David then offers a beautiful prayer, acknowledging that all wealth comes from God. The people are simply giving back to God what God has already given to them. This prayer of praise is followed with sacrifices of thanksgiving. The whole scene is filled with gratitude and joy. As was the case with Samuel and Kings, Chronicles is really one book divided into two because of the difficulty of writing all this material on a single scroll. It is nevertheless appropriate that the first half of Chronicles ends with the death of David and prepares for the kingship of Solomon. Notice that the text acknowledges that the throne of Israel belongs to God and not to the kings. As David's prayer pointed out, dominion and glory belong to God and not to any human, not even the king. It's interesting in the church how often high moments in the life of a congregation are marked by moments of great giving and sacrifice. This can certainly be misused by leadership, but there is something special when the goodness and generosity of God is celebrated and embodied by the sacrifice of the people for unique missional purposes for God. The chronicler surely tells about this grand moment at the end of David's reign in the hopes that Moments of that kind of communal unity and joy and generosity might happen again for post-exilic Judah and happen again and again throughout the history of God's people. The church can often get overly obsessed with buildings and structures, but 
Every time I walk into the church that I lead or when I drive through town and see the various church buildings in the community, I'm reminded that all of those sanctuaries exist because of the faithfulness of God and the generosity of God's people and response. And when each of them was constructed, it was in the hope that they would be used for God's purposes and their construction was more than likely a moment of great unity and joy in the life of that particular community of Christ. So that's the end of First Chronicles. We start into Second Chronicles tomorrow with reading chapters 1 through 3 and Psalm 53. I'll talk to you tomorrow.